All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Coming at you from the Arctic Circle. We're having some cold weather. And the executive producer made the claim that it's cozy in here. And while that is true that it looks cozy, it does not feel too cozy. <clears throat> no doubt. Uh, that, well, today is January 7th. 2022 so no doubt everybody that's listening to this has been inundated with the mainstream media's take on what happened a year ago yesterday so we won't have to go too too much into what they said just a little bit and we won't do any audio and i was a little bit did you read this about ted cruz i have uh, read some stuff not this article in particular so slimy lion ted this little greasy weasel and if you couldn't tell by his beard, if he was slimy, his beard's terrible. Yeah, what is he? I mean, is he trying to look like? I mean, just like I don't know. It looks. It just looks awful, dude. It looks. It looks like a dead skunk is glued to his face. And did he or did he not used to have a reputation of being a good guy? Didn't he used to be known as like a good guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I mean, a lot of them did. But with, with time. To, did he I think, just get exposed? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is is, is that over the long term, they the, as they start to build relationships with with donors and big business, their their voting acclimates itself to the will of the people financing financing them and paying them off. So yeah, and I think that's what you're starting to see. And I think they I think with this because there were some other things that I mentioned last week with Ted Cruz. As far as the way he was voting, letting a lot of the uh, appointees to the Obama, or rather the Obama administration, which, well, it is the Obama administration, we covered that, the Biden administration, so that the Democrats uh, made the promise that they would do some sanctions on the Russian gas line, the pipeline going into Germany, so that some of and the reason he would want that is because so he could, his guys could sell more domestic product, I'm assuming. Um... But so with with this, I'm going to try to keep this as, as succinct as possible because I'm going to get kind of scatterbrained, which we're recording this at a, an odd time for us. This is not our regular schedule. Uh, the weather here has got stuff messed up and people are sick and everything else still. So hopefully we'll be back to normal. Only those with the strong immune systems are still recording. Correct. That is true. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be back to a normal uh, everything hopefully next week. But with, with this, I think that People are already getting in line for 2024, and I, they there's obviously, judging by what was said by the Democrats yesterday, there's a full court press to to eliminate Donald Trump from being able to even run. But if he if they can't do that, then just continue to do what they've done for the last five or six years and just trash him, and so that he's not viable at all, which I I don't think is going to work. And Ted Cruz seeing what the Democrats are doing, attempted to jump in on it. So we'll get into to what he said. So this is a video of Ted Cruz on the uh, Senate floor in reference to the January 6th. And something that nobody's talking about is that as he's saying this, he is uh, he's drinking Starbucks, and Starbucks sucks. So they're, they're scumbags too. So let's hear it. Solemn anniversary this week. Uh, and it is an anniversary of a violent terrorist attack on the Capitol where we saw the men and women of law enforcement demonstrate incredible courage, incredible bravery, uh, risk their lives uh, to defend the men and women who serve in this capital. 
We are grateful for that courage. We appreciate uh, the selfless sacrifice uh, of the men and women who, who keep us safe. And so referring that just alone as a terrorist attack is not accurate at all and greatly diminishes actual terrorist attacks. And uh, it's good because Tucker Carlson had him on, and that's kind of a long clip to get the to the full weight of it. So I'll ask listeners to, to check it out. But he Tucker Carlson did an amazing job holding his feet to the fire, Ted Cruz's feet to the fire, because he tried to say, oh, I said something stupid, to which Tucker Carlson's retort was, and it is accurate, that which, as a side note, Ted Cruz is a student of Alan Dershowitz, a law professor, attorney, with a stellar reputation as far as knowledge. I think he's a scumbag Democrat personally, but um, that T- Ted Cruz chose his words with purpose. He's not stupid, and that's that was Tucker Carlson's thing he kept going back to. You chose those words. You never misspeak. Right, the, every single word has mm-hmm. a purpose, right? Yeah, and so he uh, and, and Ted Cruz never got out of it. He didn't have a good answer, and I think that uh, the damage is done for Ted Cruz. This, this, I think this one little slip up has the potential to haunt him for the rest of his political career. And I don't know what it is from the the for the uh, guys from Texas, man. But Dan Crenshaw, another one. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was he said this within the last week or two. It's more, more of the same, denying election fraud. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I, it was something. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene came out against him saying that. It, oh, and, he didn't show up for yeah, the vote. And the House of Representatives, when when things are are, are passing for the Democrats by, by one vote, and it could be a stalemate, Dan Crenshaw's not there. And he was in town. Yes. Yeah, he was which, in town. if they're in session, he should be there, period. Yeah. Otherwise, what what do the people of Texas have him representing them for, and why is he being paid? So that that's just one small example of what that guy's made of. But I digress. We're talking about Ted Cruz here. All that to say, you're seeing a common theme that we saw before, and that's going to be Republicans and Democrats lining up to trash Trump because they can't have another four years of of what Donald Trump did of dialing things back and giving at least a small semblance, if any, back to the American people that that they don't want. And I think it's indicative of they have too much power that it makes this big of a difference if Donald Trump's the president, then the rest of these guys have too much too much power to be able to even prevent that. And again, that it's not set in stone that they can. Otherwise, they wouldn't be struggling this hard. But the rhetoric that, that Ted Cruz is using here is the same thing that all the Democrats were using yesterday. Fake President Biden, uh, Kamala. And we've got her up next. Kamala's was really, really disgraceful which they, they were both equally as disgraceful i i've, I've kind of limited what i was looking at from the leftist media just because it's it's all the same and none of it's true and which one thing speaking of marjorie taylor green her and matt gates and matt gates is phenomenal he did very well yesterday they had held a press conference about the what we talked about so last week or the week before yeah so two weeks ago we we still we're still beating under the punch you know, Rex had said that some shows back that, you know, we say we talk about these things and then as the as the the more mainstream media sees that there's validity to these stories, they they sign on and start to cover them. You so, know, we said from shortly after we started this that we had a following from DC. So obviously that's what's going on. Yes. You know, I mean yeah. you can see it in, in yeah. our stats. We have yeah. a following from DC. So that's where they're getting their information. Yes, right absolutely. Here. Oh, definitely. You know, and sometimes <laughs> during the show yeah, we do have helicopters flying over. Yes, yes. So the 
but they, they held a press conference yesterday about Ray Epps and, and the breach team and all the things we discussed. And so that's getting some, some more attention. And even Ted Cruz was forced to talk about it by Tucker Carlson. And his answer on Ray Epps was, to me, circle talk, basically. He didn't give any, oh, I've asked, and, you know, the Merrick Garland Department of Justice is, they're, they're not interested in talking about it. Well, until you... You know, until you hammer them daily, day in and day out, they're probably not going to talk about it. Like for, force their hand, and of course they'll lie. But then it becomes the game of t- of taking and dismantling that lie, and, sh- and let make forcing them to dig the hole deeper. Isn't that how anything works, though? I mean, isn't that how politics or or business or or anything works? Yeah, sadly, currently that 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 is business as usual. Usual for American politics. Kind of, we're not going to play this video of Kamala. I'm going to read. Okay, you know, maybe, maybe let, we'll play a little bit of it. We'll play a little bit. This is Kamala Harris, and hopefully, this is just a short clip because I didn't preview this. I was going to read, but uh, this is her comparing January 6 to the attack on Pearl Harbor and 9/11. Fellow Americans, good morning. Certain dates echo throughout history. So no including segue. dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. Oh, how dare you. September 11th, 2001. And January 6, 2021. On that day, I was not only... On that day, the American people, I was actually thinking about downtown Willie Brown. <laughs> I think we're going to have to talk about downtown Willie Brown. I've already kind of got in my mind. We're going to have to talk about him and bring him up at least once <clears throat> every episode. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I would guarantee you that she would not know the date for Pearl Harbor. Uh, the attack on Pearl Harbor. If it wasn't somebody else, didn't, someone else didn't write it into her speech. Oh yeah. And so on nine eleven, obviously there was close to three thousand people that died on nine eleven. Uh, this this is just complete silliness. And this is what the Democrats always do: completely overextend their hand, overplay everything ridiculously. And a lot of people. I mean, a lot of the the leftists that. The ones that support Biden that are left believe this, but I think they're dwindling by the day. And I've noticed on like all the comment sections on conservative-oriented sites, man, are just being completely inundated by trolls, and they have to be paid. There's no which, granted, I think that that being a kind of an outcast weirdo, like so, I, I, I it's part and parcel to being a Democrat. And an example would be I saw a a bumper sticker uh, Tuesday, I think it was this week or. Wednesday this week, honk if you love socialism, comrade. And so I have a, a I have a train horn on my truck. So it's not a plastic train horn either. No, it? it's 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 a real one <laughs> off a locomotive. But the thing <laughs> is, is that she it looked it was a sh- uh, an overweight uh, biological female with shaved hair, facial piercings, and you know, tattoos. Just just an oddball. And so that looked like a comrade. Yeah. prisoner or something yeah. right yeah and yeah. so but that being said that those types of people I'm you probably have tons of time to spend on a comment forum cuz like when you look at these people's profiles they're posting hours upon hours a day across multiple 
websites. So you're either paid or you have no life or a combination of the two. And, but it's a full court press to just disparage Donald Trump and his, and his supporters. And that's what the fake president was doing yesterday. And it's just, it's so feigned. It's so, it's so fake and awful, which it really doesn't deserve any of our time. One thing that I, I added on real quick, because this, this one just came out, it was uh, Trump's former press secretary. And then she had some other jobs in the administration. And I think she was the press secretary for Melania Trump, but, um, and this is, uh, she had an interview on CNN's former White House press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, said Thursday that more than a dozen of her former Trump administration colleagues plan to meet next week to try and stop former President Donald Trump as he continues to, quote, manipulate people and divide our country. Next week, a group of former Trump staff are going to come together. Administration officials are going to come together, and we're going to talk about how we can formally do some things to try and stop him. And also, the extremism and that kind of violence rhetoric that has been talked about and continues to divide our country. Grisham told CNN's John Berman and Brianna Kyler in an interview on New Day. Grisham, who was also chief of staff to former First Lady Melania Trump, declined to reveal who would be joining her in her efforts, but said that there would be about 15 of her former colleagues, including some who worked inside the White House. Some of the officials, she said, were junior to her, while others were senior. A few of the officials had, quote, informal chats, did reach out to others, and conducted some Zoom and some conference calls, culminating in the partially in-person formal meeting next week. According to Grisham, several people involved in the effort who spoke to CNN said the group currently includes between 15 to 20 individuals who served in the Trump administration, but have since soured on the former president and who believe he is indisputable, his indisputable control of the Republican Party is neg- negatively impacting the country. And so when they're talking about division and violence and rhetoric and, and even the things that, that were discussed about January 6th, there's no mention of an entire year of, of George Floyd, Antifa, BLM riots. Zero. So the, there's zero, there, there's no validity to anything you're saying. If you were objective, you would have been a lot more upset about the the untold millions of dollars it costs for those riots that they supported, that Kamala Harris supported, promoted, and said people needed to get out of the street and then helped bail protesters out. Yet their their Department of Justice has Trump supporters jailed with with no end in sight, no trial, no nothing, just jailed. So. Let's not pretend that there's any objectivity in any of that. And then you have former officials, and that, that's how many rats were in Donald Trump's administration in, its, in, in his midst, and how many of these people that changed their views is because they've been paid. How many special interests have gotten in their pocket, and then, oh, their opinion changes, we're going to try to stop this guy. And, and you want to stop him again because of what? Because of quote-unquote violent rhetoric? But by the same, at the same time, Yet again, no attention paid to the actual violence that took place over the ent- entire summer and prior because of uh, a career criminal died in uh, contact with law enforcement. No, I'm, I'm not buying it. So this is Common Man's Common Sense, and we'll get to it. You are listening to Common Man's Common Sense, and now we will get into the real news. So first up, looking at January 6th, this is some of the, obviously, the stuff that lent itself to people's uh, participation in a protest of fraudulent, what they felt were were fraudulent votes. And this is on Gateway Pundit. 
True the Vote is releasing ballot trafficking findings from their investigation in five additional states. Last last night, Just the News released an update on the True the Vote investigation into ballot trafficking and ballot harvesting operations in Georgia. One of the ballot traffickers in Georgia was identified and is now talking to investigators. According to Just the News, the man was paid thousands to harvest ballots in Georgia. And we, we have seen evidence of people getting paid to ballot harvest in Ilhan Omar, or Omar's district on Project Veritas. This is a common thing, and it's also illegal, very illegal. This morning, John Fredericks told Steve Bannon on The War Room that the Georgia ballot trafficking whistleblower reportedly admitted to making $45,000 for stuffing Georgia ballot boxes from 2 to 5 a.m. in the morning. He was just one of 242 alleged ballot traffickers identified by the True the Vote investigation. There is a possibility of hundreds of thousands of ballots that were stuffed into the ballot boxes in Georgia. Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote released a statement on Wednesday. Catherine sent us a copy, and we are posting it here. True, the voters releasing similar ballot trafficking findings in five additional states. I'm writing today to share a recent development that you will undoubtedly find interesting. After a year's worth of research and analysis, True the Vote submitted three official complaints to the Georgia Secretary of State's office regarding occurrences in the 2020 general and 2021 runoff elections. As a result, on January 3rd, 2022, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger announced a statewide investigation into ballot trafficking in Georgia, which the bad thing about this is Raffensperger is the one that oversaw all this and has tried to sweep it under the rug. So basically, he'll be doing an investigation into his own malfeasance. Therefore, they can't be trusted with a corrupt Department of Justice who's not going to look at it at the federal level. That's a problem as well. So you can read more. So that being said, any idea that, that Georgia would ever be decertified is not going to happen at this point. You can read more about the announcement here. Uh, there's a link. This statement is the limit of our public comments at this time. As to not impede the investigation efforts currently underway, we will continue to provide updates directly to you in email and on our website. Thank you for all your patience. Continue to support. Keep the faith. And God bless America. There were some, uh, a few things from Arizona this week as well, but these investigations are probably going to end about about the time for the 2024 election. But this also, when you have legitimate information like this and, and evidence, rather, like this, that's only going to bolster. So it's going to be a massive counterargument to the stuff like we just discussed. So they're attacking Trump with fictitious nonsense, making January 6th a literal mountain out of a molehill and uh, past administration officials all coming together to stop. And for, and for what? Because anybody objective can look around and say, what, what is so violent about this rhetoric? I don't know. I can't even come up with anything clever because it's so outlandish. When stuff like this is going on, he'll be able to use that ammunition at, at that point because you have, you have real evidence, but it's going to be up to, to, um, to smaller media to really disseminate this stuff and get it out to the people because big networks just generally don't touch stuff like this. And I was surprised, like I said before, that that um, Tucker Carlson even asked Ted Cruz about that breach team. So I'm glad that, that that's getting steam. And then the fact that Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene did a, did a press conference on it. So hopefully once more of this information is released, some things like that will occur with this because you know, it's a pretty, pretty um, good evidence as far as they have because they were using GPS – uh, cell phone ping data for location. And that's how they identified these people that kept dropping, hitting these boxes over and over the boxes that were paid for by Zuckerberg. And when this guy's making X amount of dollars, what is it? $5 or so per envelope, $10 uh, per ballot. Who paid that $45,000? Where'd that come from? Golly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who was paying these people? 
and would they ever be prosecuted? And so they've, and what the media is doing now, they're setting things up in such a way that if Republicans, uh, America First Republicans ever did regain control, if you started to examine this, oh, they're going to be the bad guys. These people that did this will be the victim. And so one of the things that, that the Democrats were doing yesterday and are continuing to do since their uh, Build Back Better has failed to pass, they're, they're concentrating on, quote, unquote, election integrity, which means election fraud. There's no, you know, it's, it's like everything else. It's, it's a, a misnomer. It's a play on words. And so the fixation on January 6th, and additionally is to just distract from they've had no wins it's all failures so there's been zero wins mainly what what i see in my day-to-day life at my my job i've had forever supply chain issues and they're continually getting worse and it's they're you're having negative impacts across the board and i if things continue on the trajectory trajectory that they are with supply chain issues and my what i do for a living it's going to put some small businesses out. It's a foregone conclusion. This can't continue. It has to be remedied. And I don't know that they can do it, but their failures on COVID. Biden just said recently that there was no federal response for COVID, which is not what he campaigned on. Him and, and uh, Willie Brown's whore campaign that they, they were going to be able to, fit, you know what I mean? They, they had all the answers. Obviously, the economy, unemployment, the border, and their their agenda has all failed. So now they're going to, they're fixating on trying trying to pass quote unquote you know election reform election integrity laws so that they can continue to steal elections and continue to fail to this degree why would anybody trust you on that agenda when you fail at all this it's it's and if you want election integrity what is the resistance to examining the potentiality of election fraud which is something they refuse to do they don't want to do it at any cost they'll resist it at any cost don't expect anything earth-shattering or expedient on that video being released. And that's what that she just said, is that because of the ongoing investigation, they have to they have to be somewhat tight-lipped with the information, which makes sense. But if they have one person talking, that's that's a very good sign. And and again, not that the media will cover it. It doesn't matter. The media doesn't cover hardly anything that, that we cover until after we cover them. That's where they get the information. Boom roasted. So this... Uh, is our uh, COVID report for the week. And I actually, this next clip, I close it out by accident and then had to go back and find it. I was looking on Google and I couldn't find it anywhere using the exact same search terms on DuckDuckGo. It was the very first. It was right there at the top of the search results. So go figure. Ah, it's just a coincidence. <laughs> communist jerks. Speaking <laughs> of communist jerks, let's, let's take a listen to what he has to say. And I think he's referring to Rand Paul in this clip because he's talking about people trying to draw the, the correlation between the uh, their collaboration and, and on COVID-19 and the uh, gain-of-function research. I'm sorry. So here we go. Because uh, COVID-1 clearly originated in China, and we were fortunate to escape a major pandemic. So we really had to learn a lot more about the viruses that were there about whether or not people were getting infected with bad viruses. So in a very minor collaboration as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com- uh, Chinese uh, scientists. A Chinese what now? And, and what he Hang on, conflated that, that is not people were getting infected with bad viruses. So in a very minor collaboration as part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese... Com- uh, <laughs> and notice how he downplayed it. A very small part of a subcontract on a grant. 
So let's continue. Chinese uh, scientist. And and what Actually, he we'll, we'll do that. conflated we'll that right, right back over bear with me here. of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com, uh, Chinese uh, scientists. It's almost and, like and he, what he almost like he says it's so fast that, you can't we understand. Were in no, he caught himself. He's going to say Chinese communists. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the grant part. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, let's listen again. Infected with bad viruses, so in a very minor collaboration as part of a subcontract of a grant. We had a collaboration with some Chinese com, uh, Chinese uh, And that's exactly what they weren't supposed to do with the Chinese Communist Party. As part of a subcontract of a grant, we had a collaboration with some Chinese com, uh, Chinese uh, scientists. And, and what he conflated that is that, therefore, we were involved in creating the virus, which is the most ridiculous, majestic leap I've ever heard of. Really? And that, that's, uh, that's the biggest leap you ever heard of? You're supposed to be a quote-unquote science? You said that, like, he literally said he represents science. Okay, and, and the worst part about it is, is the millions of leftist tool bag lemming idiots that'll say, like, uh, oh, I believe in science. Well, can you articulate what science is? What does that even mean? Like, so to say I trust, like, because, and there's a little bit of a difference to say I trust the science and I believe in science. Either one, though, you can, they're somewhat interchangeable. So I trust the science. What about the quote-unquote science do you trust? Like, because science does, it doesn't have to be trusted or not trusted. If science is science, their trust shouldn't even be an issue. Am I right? Why would you have to trust science? Like, trust that you're not going to get sick, that it's not going to kill? I, I don't understand. What is it that you trust? Because I don't trust their science. That's my point. Like, I don't arbitrarily their trust. science seems to change all the time. Right. Like, because, like, oh, I represent science. No, no. Science is supposed to, you know, a, a constant uh, and your, your variable, basic scientific me methodology. Show me what that is. And so, and Pfizer, in fact, well, let, let me do that right now where we're talking about the, the science and, and trustworthiness before I move into the other stuff. Well, their science says a boy can switch physiologically yeah switch teams and start winning girls swim meets and stuff that's that is pretty scientific but we're not on our weekly segment for trannies which i just wanted to talk about our tranny segment yeah. give people a little forewarning there will be a tranny segment so speaking about trust and science and this gateway pundit court rejects fda request to release vaccine freedom of information act request documents over the next 55 years orders agency to turn over tens of thousands of pfizer documents monthly we'll see if that goes something tells me it won't <laughs> on thursday a federal judge soundly rejected the fda's panic request for permission to produce hundreds of thousands of documents related to pfizer and the covid vaccines at a rate of 500 pages per month after the agency was ordered to comply with a freedom of information act request last month the FDA's unbelievable request would have allowed them to take an unbelievable, can you guess how many years to produce all of their documents? 55. 55. You already read it. Well, you said it. Oh, sorry. Whoopsie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, uh, but thanks to Texas Northern District Judge Mark Pittman's ruling, the agency will be for forking, up, <laughs> forking those, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, records over within the last few months at a rate of 55,000 every 30 days. The first deadline, which is on January 31st, requires the FDA to turn over 12,000 pages with the rest coming monthly after that from Pittman's, Pittman's decision. 
Quote, accordingly, the, co- the court concludes that this FOIA request is a par- of paramount public importance, you don't say. Stale information <laughs> is of little value. The court agreeing with this truism therefore concludes that the expedient completion of the plaintiff's request is not only practical, but necessary. To that end, the court further concludes that the production rate, as detailed below, appropriately balances the need for unprecedented urgency in processing this request with the FDA's concern regarding the burdens of production. Number one, the FDA shall produce more than 12,000 pages articulated in its own proposal. Number two, the FDA shall produce the remaining documents at a rate of 55,000 pages every 30 days with the first production being due on Mar- on or before March 1, 2022 until production is complete. Hmm, I wonder what kind of information will be in there. Arian Siri, who is one of the lawyers working to process the FOIA request, announced that the huge news on Substack, Substack, his Substack, there it is again, Substack channel, calling it a great win for transparency and a huge step towards holding the corrupt public health bureaucracy accountable for hiding the data about the dangerousness of experimental COVID vaccines from the public. No person should ever be coerced to engage in an unwanted medical procedure, and while it is bad enough, the government violated this basic liberty right mandating the COVID-19 vaccine. The government also wanted to hide the data by waiting to fully produce what it relied upon to license this product until almost every American live today is dead. That form of governance is destructive to liberty and antithetical to the openness required in a democratic society. And remember that. That's very important when they're talking about, demo- like Joe Biden, no democracy, and, and Barack Obama as well, that democracy is so fragile, January 6th had it hanging by a thread. Really. And if that was true, which it's not, what... What responsibility would Nancy Pelosi be in, in charge of how the security apparatus would work at the Capitol? How much responsibility would she bear, and why did they deny Donald Trump the request for National Guard? But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this. Openness. Why are you guys wanting to hide this? If it is so good, everything about it is so great, 55 years. 55 years. Why? So to keep 55 that... 55 years. Yes. Take that for what it's worth. I don't. I can't think of a, a, any good reason to, because you want me to inject this into you, but you don't want to be forthcoming with how you came up with this or or any things that that might reflect negatively or or anything. So expediency was paramount, and that's what they Operation Warp Speed. That was under Donald Trump. Expediency was paramount. It had to happen now. We got to get this right now, 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 now. And. Uh, I don't know. It, it, I think it was a. It, it, they bungled it, you know. And I think Trump bungled it. Honestly, he really did. I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying what everybody else is saying. Like this is again one of the things where I disagree with them. They 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 didn't do good. And then the it, it, so I guess I get what we're talking about last week. People talking about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis' approach to this is superior to Donald Trump's federal approach. And again, there's a lot of different circumstances that influence that influenced both of them at the, the federal versus the state level, there, there's a lot of differences there. It's, I don't think that it's necessarily apples to apples. And Trump being a politician, a, a new new to, to the system, I, th- I think they pretty much implemented everything they wanted to implement for a specific reason. But 55 years, unbelievable. And then another one, we got a, we got a few of these this week. Um, healthy 57-year-old Nashville doctor dies shortly after receiving the Pfizer vaccine. Media blames death on COVID-19. A long-time Nashville doctor died a few days after receiving the Pfizer vaccine, and the media is blaming his death on COVID-19. I thought that you couldn't get it, or you could only rarely get it if you were vaccinated, but then if you did, it would, you know, it'd be a breeze. Yeah, but so it COVID-19 says media blaming death on COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dimitri 
I don't know how you say his last name. We'll say it's Ndina. Was yeah. a loving father, husband, grandfather, and doctor at Tennessee Oncology. Dr. Ndina, who was reportedly in excellent health, tragically passed away after he started to clot, sound familiar, in the days after he received his Pfizer vaccine. So is clotting a, a symptom of COVID-19, or have we seen clotting in the vaccine, the no. negative effects of the vaccine? Yeah, that's more of a vaccine thing. Yeah, I know it says media blaming it on COVID-19. I don't, yeah, that's that's. It's a media thing. That's not, uh, yeah. His family's in shock. He was only 57 sometime after his first vaccine, and he somewhat brushed it off. Usually when he gets sick, he gets better the next day, and then he was hospitalized on December 7th. Dr. Dina's 19-year-old daughter, Alexis, told WKRN, they noted that he started to clot in his lower region from, I've heard this so many times, they noted that he started to clot in his lower region so from his legs and started to work up, Alexis explained, Dr. Dina died after spending 12 days in the hospital despite the family confirming that Dr. Dina got blood clots after taking the Pfizer vaccine. The media is claiming he died from COVID-19. Wow. Yeah. So these are both on Gateway Pundit. Don't worry. There's more at other outlets. 36-year-old Brazilian reporter collapses and suffers cardiac arrest during live TV broadcast. And so there's a picture of him showing off. Like I've always talked about, he's showing off his Band-Aid at the injection site. A Brazilian TV reporter from Alta Rosa, Alta Sul Dominus, was hospitalized after suffering a cardiac arrest on live, a live news broadcast on Monday. The incident happened one week after he took his booster shot. Rafael Silva, 36 years old, and is the presenter of Journal Das 7, fainted and collapsed while covering a news story. He was quickly attended by the mobile emergency care service and taken to the nearest hospital. According to the report, he suffered five cardiac arrests on the way to the hospital. Silva has been admitted to the intensive care unit at Humanis Hospital in Varghina since Monday. According to a report from a local news site, the journalist was extubated and is conscious and started talking. Quote, he talked to his mother, his brother, even asked to go to the bathroom. Yay for him. His recovery is the best possible. We are very happy with this news, Cadu Lopez said during the Alta Rosa Alta show on Tuesday. And so last December 28th, Silva went on Twitter and bragged about his booster shot and said he felt sorry for people who are not vaccinated. Here's the translation. Long live the third dose. <laughs> I'm sorry for the people who didn't have this opportunity. Vaccine saves lives. According to experts who are evaluating, evaluating Silva's sudden illness, the COVID-19 vaccine had nothing to do with the cardiac arrest. Their lame suspicion is that Silva has a genetic congenital heart disease that he was born with and no one knows oh my gosh yeah so does this show him actually falling out i'm sure it does let's have a look or this might be him bragging about getting it because there's i think there's a picture of him olha dá uma olhada nessa notícia a polícia militar foi chamada na zona rural de ribeirão vermelho sabe por quê yeah damn i want to see that again na zona rural de Ribeirão Vermelho. Sabe por quê? Dude, he went down like a sack of potatoes. Yeah, he, he did. timbered like a tree. He felt like our he fell like our friend fell in that emergency room years ago. Uncle Tommy Tom. Yes. He timbered like a tree. Wow. 
Olha, dá uma olhada nessa notícia. A polícia militar foi chamada na zona rural de Ribeirão Vermelho. Sabe por quê? There's more. Get vaccinated. Oh, wow. That was Do the get vaccinated part again. That's Biden over and over. Yeah. I thought that was so creepy when he said it. It doesn't sound any better now. It's pretty haunting. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. I need to send that to some people. Yeah, dude. That's pretty disturbing. And we still get got... Vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. So, this is on the COVIDworld.com. <laughs> Shock is thir- vaccinated 13-year-old Jack Thomas O'Drain passes away. <sighs> you guessed it, after cardiac arrest. As the vaccine rollout to adolescents continues, so does the increasing number of young people suffering and dying from serious cardiac events. 13-year-old Jack Thomas O'Drain from New Jersey passed away unexpectedly unexpectedly on January 4th after collapsing on New Year's Eve. According to a social media post by his father, Trent, Jack suffered an unexplainable cardiac arrest while playing with his friends. He was rushed to the Children's Hospital in Philadelphia before being put on life support. On June 6th last year, his mother, Jennifer O'Drain, posted this on her Facebook page after Jack had received his second dose of the COVID vaccine. A picture of him, thumbs up. It looks like a Walgreens or something. Second shot done. His funeral will be held on January 9th in Marlton, New Jersey. As of the question of why Jack was vaccinated at the age of 13, despite being in an age category that is a very low risk from COVID, the New Jersey Department of Health encourages everyone five years or older to get the jab as soon as possible, claiming that COVID-19 vaccines are safe, highly effective at preventing you from getting sick. They are one of the most important tools in ending the COVID-19 pandemic and getting back to what you love. New Jersey has also led the way in pushing the jab on children airing a shocking ad over Christmas that features a child saying that all he wanted for Christmas was the COVID vaccine. You can support the O'Drain family on GoFundMe. Well, too bad I don't do GoFundMe. I do Gives and Go. GoFundMe stinks. Which, that, that's awful. Like, I definitely want to go go through that, but I, I wouldn't, I would never submit my child to an experimental vaccine, which at this stage in the game, it is still experimental no matter what they call it. And that is following the science. You want to watch his ad? Sure. Dear Santa, I don't want games, I don't want toys, just get me the COVID vaccine. This holiday season, there's no better gift than peace of mind. Get vaccinated today. Visit covid19.nj.gov. And this is what I was saying before, man. Like, I've never seen anything pushed like this, anything in my life at all. Everywhere you look, everywhere. Celebrities, commercials, internet ads. Your coworkers are talking about it. It's just everywhere. Uh, late night talk shows, the p- politicians, just everywhere. Nothing in my lifetime that I'm aware of has, has been pushed to the degree of this, and to to an end like that. That, uh, and which I there's plenty more of these stories. We only are able to do this for a certain amount of time. Where we could go on and on, but it's going to be the same. And a week after week goes by, I'm reading these stories. We rarely cover any of them as far as in, in, the cardiac issues. But because there's just this week alone, I think there was three sports players that fell out, all vaccinated, all cardiac issues. So, but the, I think the the most pointed thing about it is uh, the FDA and, and the vaccine companies 
wanting to keep that information private for for over 50 years. And while one of the CEOs, I think it was the Pfizer CEO, said again just a day or two ago that there's you know, we're going to need a fourth, a fourth, another booster. So it's it's going to be imperative that people have another booster, which that will not, and contrary to what you might assume, boost their bottom line. It has nothing to do with that. He's not worried about money. They're doing it because they're good people and they care about public health. That has nothing to do with anything. I wonder with money. if the CEOs and their families are vaccinated. Oh, I'd bet money they're not. I, I would. I don't think like you know Donald Trump was saying when people are up in arms that he's vaccinated and, and got the booster. I, I I don't believe it. I think he's lying. I mean, I really I, I think you're full of crap. Like, so that's like like I said, I, I, my wife accused me of having a, a Trump Messiah complex. Now I don't think so. I think you're lying. Like, I think you're a liar in that regard. I, I mean, I could be wrong. I just I don't think you got that crap. I don't think a lot of people have that crap. I think it was uh, who was on stage because he's done therapeutics. He did therapeutics when he caught COVID. So, I'd, and that's what DeSantis has pushed in lieu of, you know, the vaccine's an option, but the therapeutics, the monoclonal antibody treatments. And, like, I just know that by name. I'm not pretending to be the, the, know the science behind it. But people don't get put on ventilators and die. And then they also don't have cardiac issues from a vaccine. So, yeah. Well, yeah I didn't think they would be vaccinated either. I don't think so. I don't think they are. I mean, is, I would like to. I would like to see them like on live TV. I have this big, you know, this big vaccine push, and have like people lined up there, and you know, they're going to have the give them the vaccine. Be like, oh, actually, we're going to vaccine. We're going to give you the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Here you go, and see what they how they react. No, no, I, I'm already vaccinated. Oh, no, it's okay though. No, no, here, no here, I'm, here, I'm, here. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go. You don't want to oh, overdo they, it. Don't but you know they would freak out. I would think so, but there, also there there are people. They were lying in order to get like these crazy people that were lying to get multiple vac- like they were so scared like the media is still in some aspects so efficient that people were so scared they were getting the vaccine three and four times <laughs> what or actually like have their child up there like have their 12 year old child yeah I'm like no no we're gonna give your child the vaccine just you to say see what the okay. response would yeah, be yeah no no, like the CEO of Pfizer. Yeah, if they even have, I don't even know who the CEO of Pfizer is, but like have their their child. If they he's have a nice a child. guy, he's honest. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He's yeah. a good dude. He don't care yeah. about. He, they don't actually believe it or not. He doesn't take a paycheck. He he's not in this for the money. He's in this for the science. I believe it. Yeah, uh, yeah. He don't take a paycheck. He probably takes Bitcoin. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it's probably like uh, you know, just have his child up there. Like you're going to give your child the vaccine. I bet he would tackle you. Like, no, I, you're I, not. Yeah. I would say I, I would. No, uh, it'd be like something out of a movie. They would turn into an animal. Yeah. Speaking of animals, is everybody ready for our first? Well, it's not our first tranny tranny segment, but now we've got a name for it. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, this week will be the very first week of our recurring segment, and I hope everyone loves it. Some people will hate it. This week in queer idiot cross dressers. <laughs> Record-setting Bay Area Jeopardy champ says she was robbed in Oakland. Y'all ready for this? Are y'all ready for this? This is this is sad. I don't know why they got to do this woman this way. I'm, but I am going to have to read this. I'm going to have to read this the way we read things. So bear with me. 
as I delve through this so I can use the proper vernacular because I cannot adhere to their nonsense. As, lo- as much as I like to be funny and probably fail a lot of times, just days after setting the record for the most back-to-back Jeopardy wins by a biological man who dresses as a woman, the Bay Area's very own Amy Schneider says he was robbed in Oakland over the weekend. Hi, all. So first off, I'm fine, Schneider tweeted Monday evening, but I got robbed yesterday, lost my ID. See, what if he needed that that credit card ID thing, the non-binary thing? Oh, yeah, the one we covered like 15 episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, because people aren't mean to you if you have that. Yeah, like they would right. be, but then when you have it, they're not because the name yeah. is like ambiguous. So That's right, because they get all confused when they look at that thing in front of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think. Would I be confused? Like, if you showed me a picture of that, I, yeah, I would know that's a dude. Yeah, well, I used the wrong word. I pulled a Ted Cruz. Um, <laughs> not not meaning wait, to be. Wait, you took a dump? <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew an old beard from the 1800s. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't mean to say confused. I meant to say. I don't really know what Re- I meant Reverso to say. Reverso was confused because when he saw this, he got turned on and said, oh, I did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, no, but, yeah, I completely lost my no, train of thought. No, the ID, the, the tranny ID. Oh, yeah, probably because they need that ID because when they look at them, they're just trying to figure out what what's going on. You well, know? I think the purpose of the ID was to maybe keep – no, the purpose of the ID, I think, was – be the name of their choosing to so like yeah if you're confused it's a man or a woman like and, and this person is a cross-dressing i got it i got okay. it all right it's to let them know that no identity theft is not about to happen it is really a man that is dressing up like a woman so it's okay to use this card that has a female's name on it yeah, I think that's it. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what yeah, it that's is. Yeah, that, that's a different way of what I was going to say, but yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Yeah, seriously, that's what it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to use this card. Yeah. So we're going to let this stupid person No, wait think, a minute, though, because if I see that thing coming to my job... Okay, no, I guess. Okay, you're right. Yeah, yeah. because you see this thing coming in. Which I'm not going to give you any guff. I want you to get the hell away from me anyway. Like, dude, get your stuff and get out of here, guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying, man, sir, yeah. dude? I know. Queer. Get on that horse you rode in here on because you're walking like a cowboy and get out of here. <laughs> the horse you stole the teeth out of its mouth. Golly, look at this. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's yeah. a toothy smile. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because he's a big dude. This this is not a little crossdresser. I know it. So I don't. What do you think they said when? What do you think uh, happened to the robbers when they come up to this dude and they're like, "Give me your purse." And they're like, "All right." I think there might be a little bit of juicy smoulet going on. I don't know. There was a police report, so, we'll, so I don't know. But again, there was a police report when Juicy Smollett did what he did. Hi all. First off, I'm hi all. First, no, no, no. He didn't talk like that. Hi all. So first off, I'm fine. Schneider tweeted Monday evening, but I got robbed yesterday, lost my ID, credit cards, and phone, and I then couldn't really sleep last night. <laughs> that wasn't because he lost his stuff. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> and I've been dragging myself, 
Dressing in drag or drag? Okay. Anyway, no pun intended. I'm dragging myself around all day to replace everything. The Oakland resident tweeted about the robbery just hours before the 24th consecutive victory was broadcast in the Bay Area on Monday evening. With that victory, he's earned $897,600 in winnings. Oakland police confirmed to NBC news that an armed robbery took place on Sunday afternoon, but did not confirm that Schneider was the victim. Representatives for Oakland police did not immediately respond to a request. This is on uh, SanFranciscoGate.com, too, by the way, for a comment from San Francisco Gate. Schneider's impressive streak has been hampered by harassment from, quote, transphobic people online over the holidays, but he appears to be unfazed, tweeting a sardonic response to his trolls on New Year's Eve. Earlier this year, he told San Francisco Gate that it was really meaningful at the time to see trans people, cross-dressing people succeeding at Jeopardy before him. What's great is feeling like I'm now providing the same service for other cross-dressing people out there, he said in November. What service is that? What do you mean? It says, what's great is feeling like I'm now providing oh. that same service. What, what does that mean? I mean, maybe that that, he, that that he's clearing the way for other cross-dressers so that cross-dressers can participate on Jeopardy and not feel like weirdos. And so, which is a good question because, yeah, it's, if it's normal, why do you feel like a weirdo? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why do you feel out of place and judged if what you're doing is normal and you're at peace with it and head because you're not? And we'll get into that with this next story because we've. We're, I'm talking science, dude. You know what I mean? Science. Everybody's going to love this one. <laughs> Maybe we should play the music again to pump them up. Oh, goodness. Get vaccinated. Trans man and satanic minister... Gives birth after one night stand with, this is real, this is on the blaze, with fellow gay dating app user, quote, giving birth felt like one of the most masculine things I have done. And I know that the people who are listening are upset, they don't want to hear this, but there's a reason. So please buckle up and and hang out, hang out for a second. You will be disappointed. <laughs> a transgender man became... So a cross-dressing man became pregnant after a one night stand on a gay dating app. So this is a biological female so let me try that again a biological female became pregnant after a one night stand on a a gay dating app reverso have you been on this gay dating app yes i figured you had yes (laughs) and he says that the experience quote felt like one of the most masculine things he's ever done what are the details according to daily mail 28 year old ash Patrick Shade, a self-described minister of Satan, a self-described minister of Satan, mental health care worker, and a PhD student, if that tells you anything, the science, became pregnant during, it says his transition from female to male. So that would be, goodness, man, it makes my head hurt. Okay, that's fine. Quote, I was going through a rough time from 2019 and 2020 and struggle with my mental health, but I thought you were a mental health professional due to going through a divorce. Oh, okay, interesting. Shade, who began the transition in 2018, said, I ended up I ended up going on grinder hookups and accidentally fell pregnant. This is so weird, though, because you're a female that wants to... Okay, this is so weird, dude. What a bunch of perverts. Shade, who was married to a man prior to the transition, was taking testosterone and estrogen blockers and became pregnant during a one-night stand on dating app Grinder. Quote, it had never occurred to me that I could get pregnant whilst on testosterone and estrogen blockers. 
as it's such a rare occurrence, Shade said, according to the report. Shade, who later met his current husband, Jordan, while pregnant with the child, gave birth to a healthy baby daughter in October. That kid's going to be screwed. Shade said that the birthing process was more unique than he could ever, oh, I'm sorry, than she could have ever known. When I went into labor, the team of medical staff had already been briefed on my situation and were amazing. What is the situation that you're a creepy weirdo? Oh, my goodness, this is a beautiful person, by the way. Until they were swapped out with different staff members later on. It may sound counterintuitive, but giving birth felt like... It does sound counterintuitive because you're an idiot. Like one of the most masculine things I've ever done. I'm just looking at... Pardon me, I'm... You're... Okay, yeah. Wow. What a beast. This is a beast of a... It's just... It's just a massive mound of flesh. I don't... I don't really... Like on the the picture of the right where... The biological male in the picture with the baby can't be the father of the baby because the baby looks interracial. <sighs> I can explain to her how I am both her mom and her dad. You can't. That's, oh my goodness. Shade said that he felt very supported, or I'm sorry, that she felt very supported during the whole process. Throughout the whole thing, I had the love of my husband, Jordan, supporting me throughout. He even cut Ronan's cord. He's been there every step of the way. Shade said, according to the UK's Daily Star, I had all my friends following my journey and checking in as well as support of the online gay and trans community and even the satanic temple of which I'm a member. Following the delivery, the weirdo had to stop surgery, remove his breasts, or to remove its breasts and plans to have bottom surgery once it's done having children. The outlet reported that Shade said he had struggled with feeling like it was in the, quote, wrong body. Okay, this thing goes on for quite a while. I think we're done. Uh... I hid my boobs and identified as a boy at school and went by Ash and wore gothic dark clothes as a way to hide how I looked. Until one day, my mother, who does not wish to be named, sent me to school in a pink two-piece for picture day, and my teacher loudly declared that I was actually a girl called Ashley. I went from popular to a nobody overnight with my then-girlfriend's mom calling my mom to say, keep that gay slur of a child away from my daughter. Don't blame her. You're a weirdo. That's science. That is not how I was going to end that story. I didn't read the entire story, and now I'm kind of flabbergasted at the outright stupidity and, and just creepy weirdness of it all. Like, I think our listeners... Are we going to continue this week in idiot cross-dressers, you think, after this? That's science. Are you okay? <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> Just remember, the people that are telling you about science are the ones telling you that this is legit. What? Oh, you better be ready because we got one more. We're going to tag this on. This is the add-on to this week in queer crossdressers, queer idiot crossdressers. Here's the thing, though. This guy isn't a crossdresser, but he's a Democrat. Might as well be a crossdresser. Probably does it in private. Nobody knows about it. Darby Township elected official charged with raping a juvenile. Marvin Smith, 50, a commissioner. This is on phillyvoice.com. In the town since 2019, was arrested on Tuesday. He is accused of sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy in 2017. Darby Township Commissioner Marvin Smith was arrested for allegedly sexually assaulting a 15-year-old boy after luring him into his car in Philadelphia in 2017. Smith, 50, is a Democrat. There are zero surprises there. Elected as the commissioner. Probably works for CNN, too. Probably. 
probably does. Re- let's find out. Representing Darby Township's first ward in 2019, he is charged with rape, statutory sexual assault, luring a child into a motor vehicle, and other offenses. Philadelphia Police Department spokesperson Eric McLaurin confirmed on Friday. Smith turned himself in Tuesday. A warrant had been issued for his arrest on November 22nd. Court documents show Smith posted his $100,000 bail on Wednesday and was released pending his next court date scheduled for January 5th. In April of 2019, the boy told Philadelphia police he had sexually assaulted Smith on August 12th, 2017. The alleged victim was 15 at the time of the accident. For a short time after taking office, Smith served as Darby Township's police commissioner. He was removed from that position in September 2020 after he shared an image on Facebook showing two black men pointing guns at a white police officer along with a line, quote, does it have to come to this to make them stop murdering and terrorizing us? Hmm. That's the second time the terror, the terror words come up today. Not used appropriately. Smith removed the post and apologized online after the meme was condemned by the Delaware County District Attorney and other law enforcement groups. So there you have it. Proof positive that being, a, and, and I'm not saying you're the older Democrats that have voted Democrat for 50 years, you're, you're, you're suspect, mind you. But here's the thing. At this day and age, being a disgusting, perverted, reprobate child molester has become a foundational cornerstone principle of the Democrat Party. If you don't do these things and you call yourself a Democrat, you might not be a Democrat. If you do these things and don't think you're a Democrat, you might need to check. You're probably a Democrat. So not only that, like the, the BLM nonsense, like, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing some correlation here. They're talking about black trans lives matter and all that. Yeah. If you have an urge to molest a child, check your voter registration and make sure it says Democrat.